Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money, I'm sultry. DIY Money. I like it. What's shaking, Daniel? Warming up this winter weather, aren't you? Warming it up. It's, it's sixty degrees day. out this morning. Crazy. I don't I, know why we're inside under fluorescent lights. I did Jeez. a. I uh, finally did a group run again this morning Ooh, for the first time. You feeling and, good? Oh, I'm better. I'm better. Ninety five percent, meaning the last five percent is me running. Going. Was that a pain? Was that a pain? Was that a pain? It's a terrible <laughs> feeling. I hate it. It's ridiculous. It's absurd. Uh, but you know, knocked out four and a half miles. Uh, good pace. Felt good. Whatever. I'm on it. No one calls me an amateur. I'm on it. It's encouraging. Yeah, but it's been discouraging. I'll tell you that. It's been very frustrating. You know, I mean, when you deal with injury, it's irritating. But whatever. Setbacks happen. Setbacks happen. Hey, 2023, markets uh, have a little bounce here. We don't need to talk too much market stuff, but a little bounce. But now we're uh, facing the uh, debt ceiling issue in the United States. I always find this fascinating. Oh, my gosh. We don't have money. Comes up every year or two. And miraculously... Well, let's just raise the debt ceiling. Wouldn't that be great? People at home could just say, you know what? I'm just going to leverage to the hilt. And then, I mean, your credit card company will do that for a while. Yeah, until they decide not to yeah. anymore. <laughs> but we don't have that problem in the United States uh, because ultimately we just have unlimited We are credit. the credit card company. We are the credit card company. Now, when you truly understand that and you really dissect that intellectually, you will probably want to crawl into a hole. Yeah. <laughs> That's what makes Bitcoin viable, I guess. But it works for now. I, hey, I'm a full. I'm a. I'm an owner of Bitcoin. I own one Bitcoin now. One full Bitcoin. One one full Bitcoin. I bought a Impressive. full Bitcoin. Not a recommendation. Not definitely not a recommendation. Do you know why I bought the timing of which I bought one full Bitcoin? No. I got. I was on an email list mm-hmm. um, of being informed when Fidelity. allowed you to open and buy cryptocurrencies in a Fidelity account. And in my conspiracy theory brain, I was like... not a tracking ETF or something, but actually the cryptocurrency. Yeah, the cryptocurrency. Fidelity now is in the cryptocurrency Mm -hmm. business, the custodianship of cryptocurrency, which in my conspiracy theory brain, I thought to myself, you know, if Fidelity is eventually going to get into this, and, and when they do, I think it... It, it for my brain legitimizes the ownership of it, meaning it, it removes a lot of the concern of you know the FTXs of the world and so forth. Now, in full disclosure, what I did is I purchased it on Coinbase and I'm moving it to my ledger in nice. my quote cold storage. Uh, so I, how cold do you keep your storage at all? None, none at all. And I don't quite understand. I got to call a friend of mine. Maybe <laughs> we'll talk about this off air because I don't quite understand how it remains secure if I can just, without that little thing, log in through my laptop and see my, quote, ledger account and move crypto accordingly. I don't know. Know what you own. I don't still get it. (laughs) But here's what I do get. What I do get is that the other day I went to log into my bank account and I couldn't get in. They had a glitch on their system. Mm -hmm. And I mean... Obviously, I didn't. I wasn't concerned. My, my full faith and credit of the United States currency system is still sure. there. I, I'm I'm okay with that. But I was like, what if this just I couldn't get in? What if I needed this right now? I went to the ATM. I couldn't get it for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. That's the that's why being your own bank is what people really get excited about. I guess now 
holy cow, how to move cryptocurrency. <laughs> I mean, good luck. I can barely figure it out myself. Anyways, I just thought that was interesting. But I did buy it about 17000 or so. So it's, it's now back over to now, great. 2021. Yeah. Booyah. Booyah. No, anyways, whatever. I don't intend on selling it or doing anything with it. Keeping it in my, quote, cold storage. Looks like it's a little cold out there, huh? All right. Uh, unlike a crypto reference, today's uh, podcast brought to you by Jewel Financial. We do not participate in cryptocurrencies at Jewel Financial. But we do help folks with their retirement and financial planning. So if that's you, check us out, jewelfinancial.com. We have a unique question today. You know why it's unique? I do not. It's a previous student of mine. Well, there we go. From UK. I'm so excited about this. When I got this email, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I gave preferential treatment. Boom, right to the top of the list. So question from Carol, what do you got? D-I-Y. Hey, DIY Money Team, Carol Beth here, an old college student of Quince. My husband, Brayden, and I are 24 and 25, and we've been saving money over the past year and a half in anticipation of buying a home this spring in Louisville, Kentucky. We now have about 65000 in cash. We're first-time home buyers, and it was our hope that with interest rates rising, home prices would begin to fall, and we'd find a home within an affordable, valuable range. We're not willing to overpay for a home just for the sake of being homeowners. And that said, it's looking like we may have to wait a bit longer to see that drop in home prices. So we're faced with signing another year-long lease on our apartment. My question is, if we sign another year-long lease and therefore don't have an immediate need for a down payment, what do we do with our current sum of cash? We have a stable income, we've come close to maxing out both our 401ks this year, and still have been able to save all we need for a down payment. Should we pass on a home this spring, we'd be about a year out from a reassessment of home buying. And I anticipate that if we were to use the cash for another purpose now, that we'd be able to continue saving cash over the next year and would again be in a comfortable financial position to purchase a home next spring. We have dreams of someday being small business owners, but we're still in earlier stages of researching and networking. We're also both investors in the stock market and are well aware that many stocks are trading at a discount right now. What should we do with our cash? Would love to hear thoughts from the DIY Money team. Thanks. Oh, I'm so proud. Nice. What she didn't say was not only was Carol a student, guess who else was? Her husband. Nice. Yeah. I'd love to, no, I'd love to say oh, I was, okay. but I definitely was not. They were not the same year. In fact, I didn't know they were a thing until later. Uh, but, like uh, just now? No. like oh, okay. we, we, we had dinner with them, my wife and I. It was a nice treat. This was probably, I don't know, sometime last year. Wonderful, wonderful uh, young people, obviously yeah. well on their way. This is a simple question. But I want housing market simple question. What's that? Housing market simple question. Well, what to do with cash in oh, a year? Yeah, but I do want to throw in a caveat, Carol, and that is, with sixty five thousand dollars in cash, even though you are uh, more than likely going to sign another year long lease, it doesn't mean you necessarily have to wait a year to act on a home. You have got significant liquidity. You've got significant down payment. If and when an opportunity presents itself, even if you have six months, nine months, or whatever it may be to go, or you have to break the lease, it may make sense for you to move on it quickly. I've had it with this dump. We got no food. We got no jobs. Our pets' heads are falling off. I mean, that's the that's the great thing about being in a very strong, liquid position and maybe already pre-approved, that's one caveat I would throw in, uh, is to make sure you've got a pre-approval letter and what your bank is willing to loan you as far as a mortgage is concerned. But I, I don't, I mean, 
I don't necessarily agree that you're not immediate buyers if the right deal doesn't come along. That's kind of how real estate works. Real estate works in a fashion that there's very rarely, there's only been one instance in my life where you could take weeks, if not months, to kind of gallivant the countryside and pick up bargain real estate prices, uh, real estate uh, properties um, anywhere. And that was after the financial crisis of 08 and 09. It took many years to come back. The problem with that is that during that time period, uh, which most people, certainly young people, do not recall, uh, the world was ending. I mean, the idea of committing capital to a house, especially a house that uh, all of your neighbors, the lots were vacant or the houses were you know, falling down around you. I mean, yeah, now you look back and you go, oh, my goodness, that that uh, cul-de-sac in Florida I could have had for $100,000 a home and now they're worth a million dollars a piece. I mean, and I, I can... I can uh, show you countless examples of that. But at the time, the idea of going in and buying that home when every single other home was, you know, falling down around you vacant, you know, maybe foreclosed, maybe in the process, maybe not. Who owns it? Who's got the tax lien? I mean, and and oh, by the way, the market's down 50 percent. Banks are struggling to find liquidity. I mean, it, it was very difficult. So. That's the only time I've seen something like that. I personally don't think we'll go back to something like that. I just don't. Um, and if we do have a crisis like that, I, I promise you that will come with significant unemployment. And the last thing you guys will be thinking about is spending $65,000 on a home. Everybody everybody glamorizes the idea of buying real estate at a discount, but then they don't realize that if it's at a discount, there's a there's – a, I mean, a wide discount, like in the market, like the market's discounting it across the board, there's a real problem. And odds are there's mass layoffs, unemployment is high, and the reason why nobody or very few people go in and scoop these properties up is because they're worried about other areas. They're worried about keeping their job, their lights on, their home, their kids fed, money in the bank. Is it safe? Is it not? Do we want to certainly, you know, et cetera. So what will more than likely happen if you want to find a, quote, deal? What will happen is... You're driving along, you see an opportunity, the the sign comes up, you call up, it's not astronomical, it's not got competitive bids, it's not going in three hours, but you call up and you go, you know what, that's a that's in the area we want, the school district we want. It's not a terrible price. I mean it's not it's not bargain basement, but it's not astronomical. Call them up, I'd like to look, yeah, we'd like to make an offer, and you move on it. And now you've got your letter, you've got your cash, and you're ready to go. And oh, by the way, you still have a lease in an apartment, which I know stinks, but whatever, you can afford it. And now you make the transition slowly, less pressure, less stress, etc., and you move into your new home. That's what's more than likely going to occur. We're in an environment where you're going to lock in a rate, which is dumb. Uh, not It's not <laughs> dumb to lock in a rate. The rate itself is dumb, in my opinion, um, but... Uh, in the event that rates go down, you'll be able to refi. You'll be able to go ahead and say, you know what, I'm going to refi this. So you're going to you're going to lock in a 30 year mortgage at a certain rate, and then in you know a year, 18 months, if what the bond market is telling us is is accurate, and Carol will know what I'm talking about because she was a student of mine. So will Braden. Uh, you'll be able to refinance at a lower rate, and then you know maybe keep going if rates keep going down. So again, I think. Getting to your question, I'm going to let Daniel just answer that question. I didn't answer your question at all. She was like, what to do with the cash? But my only caveat is change your mind frame, still be on the lookout, sign that lease, 
get your pre-approval letter, know what your ball- what your budget is, and be ready to pounce when the opportunity presents itself. What about the cash, Daniel? Straight cash, homie. Yeah. Well, as far as the lease goes, I think that's the cost of moving. Uh, if you have to break your lease, but you find the house that you want, not maybe... I mean, don't get glamorous and all that, but if it's the right time, the right house, all that, and all the stars line up, then in the scheme of the house buying experience, the cost of breaking the lease is the cost of doing business to some extent. And that's actually the situation our family is in because we we've been renting a house for a while, keeping our eyes open. Obviously, we did not anticipate a crazy housing market over the past two years, so that's extended that time period a little bit. But uh, we're in the same situation, and uh, we have an out in the lease that doesn't require us to pay all the way to the end of the lease terms. There's a termination fee, and uh, we'll just factor that into our closing costs, unfortunately. And sure, it'll stink for about a month, and then we'll be over it, and we'll be in the house that we want to be in uh, when that time comes. As far as us, what we're doing, because we do or the exact same situation. We have cash sitting there waiting. Uh, we have that spread between a savings account uh, at a high-yield savings account. Ours, is, in particular, is at Ally, which is paying like 3.3 as of today's episode, I believe it is. Um, Marcus Bank is paying similar. The online banks are paying right around that 3 to 3.5, we'll say, uh, when you're listening to the show sometime in the next month or two. And then we also have some in a brokerage account in a money market fund. No, we have some in a brokerage account in treasuries, uh, three to one year treasuries paying 4.6 or something like that. And then like a small sliver that we, because you have to buy treasuries in a thousand dollar lots, uh, small sliver in money market funds as well, which are paying about the same four-ish and they don't move and you can hit the button on that. But all of those funds, we can hit a button and have it in our bank in two days. So if we made an offer on a house, we'd be good. I If you spread it out like that between savings accounts and brokerages, I will say uh, be prepared when you go to get financing to show them the money trail. Because if you're moving large amounts, say fifty or 60000 from one place to another, they're going to want to see that this was all money that was in your possession for the last three to six months. So just make sure to have – and you'll do this because you sound like an astute finance person, but – uh, for everybody listening, make sure whenever you're getting ready to buy a house that you have statements ready going back for a while that show where money's coming from that you're going to go buy that house with. Because if you're moving it around to get good interest rates, especially if you're moving it around in small sums that then add up to big sums, the banks just they just want to know where did you get fifty or $60,000 from? Did it come from a loan? Did it come from family? Was it yours and it was just sitting over here and you moved it over here? They have to see all of that in today's world. Um to issue the loan because they want to make sure that money is is legit and you're not more leveraged up than they think you are. Uh, but you can get somewhere between three and four and a half percent relatively, I mean, effectively safely, uh, risk-free. So I would do that. For one year, you're concerned about return of capital. You're not concerned at all about returns. Uh, so maximize your risk-free return. Uh, use the Three to one year, three month to one year U.S. Treasury is your barometer for what you can get for risk free return. Beyond that is you're taking risk, and so don't don't go any further than that. And that's just the cost of having liquidity uh, is the fact that you're not going to get more than that. And that's about as far as I would go. Talked to somebody recently. They asked me, "Hey, uh, for the layman, how do I actually buy a treasury?" And I said, well, you can do it through the Treasury Direct website, treasurydirect.gov, which is like going to the dentist. Uh, Or you can do it through most reputable brokerage firms. So if you are, as you mentioned, Carol, an investor and you're investing and you have a Fidelity or a Schwab or some sort of account like that, 
that is an investing account, you should be able to go in there and actually buy a treasury bond. I bought a one-year treasury bond just this morning with some excess cash. Uh, I got 4.68% as my yield to maturity. That's not the yield. It's not the coupon. It is my yield to maturity. And that's just a phrase that most people are going to have to look up so they understand how a bond works. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, that's what why you would do that. Now, why if, if you're saying, well, you know, that's 4.6 and let's say uh, online bank pays 3.5, you're talking about a roughly a 1% difference on $65,000. The difference there is, is that when you buy that yield to maturity, you're locked in there for a year, meaning if you hold it, you're going to get the 4.6%. If you buy a money market fund or a savings rate at a bank, they're going to change those rates on the whim. So if in three, six months, Fed drops rates or the interest rate market cools or whatever it may be, and the rates go down, that mar- that that online savings account, that money market account is going to go down as well. I mean, not in principal value, but in yield. So it just depends on, you know, again, what you want to do. Now, a lot of people get uh, concerned if you buy a one-year treasury. It's not like a CD. You buy a one-year treasury, you can hit the button and get it out any time. Now, it might fluctuate a little bit. It's not going to be a lot if you think about the short end of interest rates and and, uh, bond prices, but it could fluctuate, which means you could be down a little bit uh, in the purchase price, uh, you know, three, six months in. But it's not going to be a lot. It is liquid. It is there for you, and you're at least going to get some interest on it. So great uh, answer there, Daniel. Anything else to add? And you could stagger them. Yeah. So like three, six, nine months, and then when the three-month matures, invested into the six-month or nine-month, you know. But you don't have to get too exotic or creative. You're just trying to get more than zero. Yeah. Is, is really. And anywhere in that three to six, I mean, yes, 1% is different, $650. But in the scheme of your home buying purchase, utilizing 65000 moving costs, closing costs, all that, 650 is great. But in the scheme of all of that, it's just, I mean, it's not going to move the needle a whole lot, But watch the pennies and the dollars will take care of themselves. That's a huge, huge little tidbit I like to, to follow. Watch the pennies, the dollars will take care of themselves for sure. All right. Well, that was a good episode. Carol, wish you the best. Braden as well. Hello to both of you. Go, Carol. Remember, friends, the secret to success is pretty darn simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. listening to this episode of the show if you want your question aired on the show be sure to send that to us and you'll get a 25 dollar amazon gift card this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice before making any financial decisions please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed